I'm sorry, you can sit there and look and play with all your silly machines as much as you Shots. like. What a stop! Shots from Ben! Oh! Oh! I mean, that sort of stuff, we're, it, it's been, we're, be, we're bigger than that. That interview is just like the performance, flat. No. What, what do you want him to do? Just fall at Gabriel's feet crying? I mean, well, he's... Say something. We, we were doing what we'd done for 20 years, relaxing a nervous studio guest in the same way that you would in, in these conditions, um, and thought no more of it. Fire it up, fire it up. Hello and welcome to the Friday Football Podcast. I'm Kevin Kilban. I'm back with more waffle ahead of this weekend's football action. We've plenty to go through this week, and I'm pleased to say that I'm joined with three members of the Off The Ball team. Firstly, I'm delighted to say that I'm joined by someone I described last week as being very intelligent with an ex- with excellent broadcasting skills. Of course, it's not Nathan Murphy. <laughs> it's oh. Jay Gilroy. Hey. Welcome, Jay. Hey. Welcome to the show. Oh, I like that one. Yeah, no, it's good. We, we had a good chat. I'm joined by... Well, one of the best commentators that I've ever worked with. You know, so we, we, we'll discuss that when it's good. But I'm joined by two of the very best, of course. Two of the very best commentators that we have. Two of the off-the-ball team as well. I'm joined by, first of all, regular guest on the show, Nathan Murphy. Thanks. Well done. Congratulations for being on the time. show again, yeah. Nathan. And Dave McIntyre. Thanks okay. very much for joining us, Dave. Thanks for allowing me to make the cut this week. Yeah, yeah. no. Well, you, you weren't around last week. so uh, we, we were desperate to have you on last week, uh, Dave. But of course, um, you had uh, other things to I do. Kevin made a terrible error last week because so he started by saying, uh, Jer, I was asking him who he was going to model his presenting style yes. on. Like, I would go for chappers. You know, I was thinking that was maybe the way forward. So he said, well, Jer, Jer's very intelligent. Hey. And then he goes, and Joe, Joe's... <laughs> not so intelligent. That's what I said, yeah. He's not so intelligent, but obviously, obviously a brilliant broadcaster. Yeah, somehow, right? somehow he manages to get, <laughs> get through that. But anyway, we've got a lot to get through this week, uh, lads. So... Uh, uh, First of all, I mean, I mean, we're by BBT. First of all, tweet us and off, uh, off the ball, at off the ball. That's it. Um, we need to get, we need to get maybe this up and running a little bit. We need to get a few comments sent in. We need yeah, to get yeah. a few questions sent in to us every week. Maybe a hashtag so we can search during the week. Have you, ha- hashtag. Have we graduated to a Friday football hashtag yet? Well, we, we were gonna, we were gonna actually rename the show, but I don't think it's Should probably right. Point, yeah. Shall we? No, but we, we'll, we'll, we'll stay with the Friday football podcast at the moment. For now, yeah. For for now, we'll eventually go to the killer podcast. Killer's filler, all killer, no filler. No, all, no, we can't. All filler. I don't want anything. And then when he's not here, we could call it all filler, called. no killer. <laughs> we should yeah. probably have the naming meeting when we're not actually recording. No, podcasts. Dave, that's no. not how podcasts work. You know that. <laughs> yeah, it is. Dave. We we we'll get something. But we got a few to get. We got quite a few of them. Jose Mourinho. I think we've, we'll talk about him later on. We've got. We, we, I'm, I'm quite interested in this this debate about gay footballers coming out as well. I, you know, we'll we'll have a chat about this one further, and we'll look ahead to the weekend's fixtures, of course. Daniel Sturridge is one that's taking Nathan's interest as well. But I think, we'll, should we start on Jose Mourinho? Start on Jose Mourinho. Go on. Well, it's, it's more the factors. I mean, the, the one the, the story that's been breaking on uh, on Mourinho this week, where he's not happy in Manchester. He, he's not happy being away from London, which yeah. is his family home. Not happy about not seeing the kids and being around the kids a lot and all this sort of thing. So it's understandable. This is a, a fairly natural thing that all of us would have experienced with our kids and things like this. But... He's taking the job anyway, you know, so it's... It's not a surprise. No, it's hardly a surprise, is it? I mean, I, I, I don't know. The I other thing is that this story kind of came out like t- two weeks ago when people were comparing and contrasting, oh, Pep lives with the people. Jose is cocooned in his ivory tower at the top of a hotel. Yeah. Won't leave for fear of being photographed. And then in the bit where he's complaining about the whole thing where he's in this quote, it's like, oh, it's great for that clothes brand who sponsors me. It's great for whoever else my sponsors. And like, 
Just stop talking about this stuff. Yeah. yeah. Just stop talking about I mean, that. It's, just for clarity, it's the it's the Lowry Hotel in Manchester. It, it's supposed uh, to be amazing. Beautiful hotel. And he's got the whole top floor or like oh, a giant yeah, suite. Apparently penthouse, whatever it'll be. I'm Have sure you ever I, stayed there? Uh, no, I've been to it though. I've been I've been at a, a function there once, Nathan. Yeah. Did he uh, have the wife and kids in Madrid with him and Milan? Yeah, apparently so. They were younger then, obviously, so maybe they had no choice in the matter. This yeah. time they decided yeah. to stay in put. Yeah, I think but I think his daughter and his son, they're in university. 20 in, and 17. Well, yeah, that's it. So like, he's looking at this as if the grass is greener. Mm. So his kids, if they're in university, he's not going to be seeing them every day anyways. No. Yeah, but, but he's longing for when they're still kids and I he needed the to be there. I think doing like A-levels at this point. Yeah. Right, but the cynic, the cynic in my head the, 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 would be saying, is this looking for a way out? Yeah. Is this, uh, uh, is this the... Uh, Already? Oh, sorry. I thought you meant just sympathy. Jesus, already it's the way out. What, if, like, is this a, are you thinking well, I mean, this is a PR strategy? Well, first yeah. of all, the story's broke this week that the players are not happy with his training methods, that he's a, a little bit off with the players. He's a bit off. You he's know, aloof. He's, yeah, he's a bit in aloof. his own he's, office he's, and not taking training. Yeah, he's not necessarily... He's, it's a less than hands-on approach in the training ground, which is... Particularly with modern coaching and modern management, that's totally at, uh, at odds with how it is now. But it can't possibly be... A, an attempt at taking that first step towards a way out does he not realise that he is done this job doesn't work for him he's done mm. ah he's not as a manager no. of a top European Th- club yeah. where else does he go after this not seen. having done Milan having been Bayern re- surely no his reputation chance. goes before him why wouldn't he go to Bayern because Bayern wouldn't have him. him no way I think that's right I think, I think he's a busted flush if oh, this doesn't work so. out for him who's going to give him a job who uh, like what club who have a realistic prospect of winning the Bayern, Champions League Paris Saint-Germain Juventus no, I not don't think Juventus. so. I think he's why would Paris Saint-Germain now? Why would any club if this fails immediately? Like we're talking about, it is now over, and by Christmas, the whole thing is on fire, and he walks. Nate, Rook, sorry mistake. about that. Oh, sorry who's, about that, guys. Whose phone is that? Sorry about that. Rookie mistake there. Is Andy Reid ringing? Football, footballer, football, footballer Andy <laughs> Reid. friend. <laughs> My friend yeah. Andy Reid is just calling. Beaming with yeah. pride because Andy Reid is. Wrong his phone. Yeah. Oh, Sorry, it's not exactly. Oh, hey, are you saying that it's not Paul O'Connell level? Yeah, of course I am. No offense, Andy. Carry on, Kev. I put, I put him up there. I put him up there. Anyway. <laughs> no, I, I'm just. No, I'm just. I, I just think this old Mourinho thing. It's. It doesn't look happy to me anyway. You know, we all know how much he used to embrace the press conferences, embrace pre-match, mm. post-match. It, it, it was almost as if that was his domain. He. In, he enjoyed it. He loved the thrill of maybe going toe to toe with the McIntyres and the and the Murphys of this world. Yeah. Now he's kind of he's pying Murphy off. You know, he's he sees Nathan Murphy at the end of the line when he's waiting in the scrum trying to get an interview, and he's going, "Nah, not not today, pal. I'm not having that." So that's well. It was interesting looking at his demeanor on Sunday. Did that happen this week? He yeah, didn't stop. yeah, that happened. Well, he yeah. stopped, but he just walked. So the way it goes in your post match interviews, the rights holder gets the first few questions, which are the BBC. Yeah. So they basically get three questions and then it's moved on to everybody else and you try your luck. Some managers just walk off, mm. some stay. Mourinho generally stays. But the last question from the BBC producer or presenter was about what he said to Conte. Yeah. And as he was saying that, he started moving away and basically just walked off. Now, he didn't storm off, anything yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah. Mm. But it was clear he knew the next question was going to be a follow-up to that and he didn't want to have to talk about it. But he came on and suddenly, once the microphones were on, tries to put a bit of a smile on his this face. This was in the press conference this was, then, yeah. No, this was in the radio piece, right. which was repeated in the, in the press conference yeah. and was also there on the TV interviews of, well, you can look at it two ways. You can look at it and say, we played very, very well and we were unlucky because we conceded goals at the wrong time. Or you can say, we deserve to be punished because we made some terrible mistakes. Mm. Was talking quite positively about the performance, which I didn't really see at all. But the second he moved between every interview, the look on his face was, I just want to be anywhere else. That 
disgusted, wasn't happy, which is understandable. He's been bloody humiliated going back to yeah. Stamford Bridge. And also, the other thing I just thought was incredible, and maybe I just haven't noticed it at other clubs. I don't know if you've, you've seen it. So in the tunnel after the match, you're in a really good position at Stamford Bridge, better than any other ground, because you're pretty much right beside the dressing rooms. Yeah. Standing outside the dressing room when Mourinho emerges is Alex Ferguson. <laughs> he walks 10 yards down the tunnel and Bobby Charlton is there. <laughs> at Stamford Bridge. At Stamford yeah. Bridge. So they all, there's only one exit from the Chelsea tunnel for the officials and players to get onto their bus and it involves them walking back out onto the pitch and then hanging a right out towards whatever exit they go through to get to the bus so everybody that has been given a VIP ticket for the day that's in the director box they're all there because I was in Stamford Bridge last season and Ferguson was standing there as well and the United had just been beaten and Van Hal had to run that same Ferguson slash Charlton gauntlet Mm. that Jose that Nathan saw Jose and Ed Woodward the was there, so he has to come out and he's and he has to have a quick conversation with Ferguson. Do so he stop and chat with Ferguson? Very, very, very short conversation. Walks down, has to be polite to Bobby Robson or Charlton. Bobby Charlton. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Shakes hands, Ed Woodward, and then back kind of has a puts on the smiley face of oh, yeah, but, let's but, not worry. But the thing is, though, Nathy probably would have had to do that at Old Trafford every week. But it wouldn't necessarily be in in public. In public, yeah, no, no one would have been able to see him doing that it, behind the scenes. He would be having to maybe go up and into boardroom level and speak to certain members of of the board after he after he speaks to the press. So you know, Alex Ferguson and and Bobby Charlton, they would be both around that anyway. But it's just because it's it's such a heavy defeat and you're away from home. He, he has that anyway. So it's it, it just makes it doubly difficult for him at the moment. That again, these more so with these stories. This was the most I, I think. Particularly after that defeat, and you know we we know the the situation with him and, and him and Conte after the game, but it was just as this story just emerged. I just, I just think maybe go back to the original point. I don't know. He always looks for a way out, Mourinho, and and I know it's very very early, and maybe what you guys are saying here, then it's his last chance. But I just I don't understand why he's why why this story is emerging like this if if there isn't some sort of other alternative well, mindset within him, you know. So. And you are you discounting the fact that maybe he's just looking for a bit of sympathy in the week after a hard defeat? I don't know where the interview came from. There was audio of it, so she was playing it, it on was, breakfast. It was the coverage of the League Cup tie. So he was been yeah. t- spoken to before the League Cup tie. What was this? What, what, the way out that he was looking for a Chelsea? What was that? Was was slagging off the team after they Leicester scored those two goals against Pre- Chelsea? Was that preseason? Something happened that we still don't know what it is. Yeah, and that was sure he attacks uh, the doctor on the first day of the season. Mm. That's the start of the way out. He goes to war before the first game of the season was over at Chelsea last year and that war footing exploded. See, I don't think he's at war just yet. If no, if he's right, making, well, if he's saying, you know, maybe we're unlucky and it's just individual errors, that's not my players betrayed me. Yeah. The human side of it is interesting. He is at, he's at Stamford Bridge, so his wife and two kids are in London, a couple of miles away. Yeah. And he's been given a humiliating defeat. He lives right by Stamford Bridge, apparently. His old, so he's only yeah. a, he can probably walk home. And he has to go back out and get onto this bus with these players who've made all yeah. these mistakes and they have to get a bus all the way back up to Manchester. If, if you br- boil it down to a purely human level. No, he wouldn't, no, not necessarily. Would he, would he have hung around that night? I probably, I, I think he wouldn't be back on the bus that night. I think he maybe right. let the team go back up and stay in London. That I've had managers that would, would, would always be. Someone like David Moyes would have always, regardless of whether we were, say, playing in Preston where he would live in, in that sort of area. If we were playing Preston or wherever it would be, the northwest, he would always be back on the bus, back to the training ground, or wherever the drop-off point is. And then drive home. But some managers I would know that wouldn't get back on the bus and they maybe if you're playing in Birmingham and they live in Birmingham, wherever it would yeah. be, they would get They'll off. stick around. Remember Steve Bruce? Yeah. Can I ask you about that? Yeah. What do the players think? 
Do they think what an arsehole he's not travelling back with us or do they think there's an element enough? of that no there's an element of that there is Jay you're right you know sometimes it, particularly after a defeat after yeah. a defeat it's almost if you want to show a little bit of, um, you know unity you want to stay together because after the game is when that's where the moaning goes on that's where there's maybe a little bit of yeah. you know you, you can talk about the manager what he said after the game pre- and if the manager's there the manager can actually address these I've known managers that come from sit with, the, with, with a certain players and yeah. say look I said this I've had a go at you here almost your apologies are done before you get off the bus yeah yeah this then can can fester over for two or three days afterwards because you might not necessarily see each other until yeah until the Monday after, so he after could have game. sat on the bus beside Chris Morling and said so Chris it's really difficult yeah. it's not it's not what do you it's think? Not, it's not me, it's you. It's not my <laughs> fault. No, You're so shit. No, today. but in fairness, you're saying that though. He, what he could do, he'd sit on the bus and say, "Look, he knows he's made a mistake. Look, Chris, and 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 Chris Mullen himself, maybe, yeah, hold your hand up." And then he says, "Look, I know it's difficult. Whatever, yeah. whatever's happened, but it's put to bed. It can be put to bed within ten or fifteen minutes." Not if it's something deep, deeper lying than that. That's not if what I mean. Something really Dave. festering that is at some stage while it at the moment it's just coming out in these but do you not think that, that, that thinks that that's, that's what it is yeah, all maybe, the maybe there is something going on that's um, endemic in there and it's well, not a fixable thing the, well so the endemic problem is they've bought shit players well they have over, they though over about 10 years they've bought crap players but, they bought, but you can't you, so I keep hearing this oh give Gary Neville saying he needs a couple of transfer windows he needs to clear like he said he wanted four players he yeah. got the four players. Sure. Yeah. And but now all of a sudden, now now there's, five there's, of there's, there's word, word coming out now that he, he didn't even want Mkhitaryan, which I'm, I, I'm not having that because he, he's targeted, as you say, four players is what he said. He wanted Ibrahimovic, he wanted Eric Bailly, he wanted Pogba, and he wanted Mkhitaryan. Four players done and dusted quite early. You know, yeah. we see so yeah. many so many transfers going through last minute, which kills the manager. Maybe the Pogba one was done fairly late, but he, he was still in time for the start of the season. So, so if he no did dramas. want Mkhitaryan, how badly must he be stinking the joint out in training if he is Mourinho's guy and he can't get near the team? He must be playing so poorly. Yeah, and it looks like you know he's not happy with Luke Shaw. He's not happy with one or two other players though within that within that side. But Mkhitaryan in particular, though, Dave, I think you're right with that one. I, I, he looks. He look. Mkhitaryan looks to me. Looks like a shot player already. You know, even when he played early on this season, he. The things that when you when you've seen Mkhitaryan play over the last few years, the things that come natural to him, he's almost not doing those natural yeah. things anymore. Just he's the Memphis not, of this season. He's what? Like, sorry, he's in the same, same position that Memphis was this time last season, where he arrives with his yeah. massive reputation. It seems like the manager was the guy who really wanted to bring him into the club, and now two weeks, two months into the season, he looks like he's shot. Yeah, and words getting out that. Uh, they were watching Mkhitaryan under Van Gaal. Van Gaal's staff around him sent out warning warning signs that Mkhitaryan might not have been the man to go in there to Old Trafford, which I I, I don't buy. I think it's a load of crap to be honest when yeah. you're hearing these stories. And suddenly we're looking back at Van Gaal and thinking, all right, so Van Gaal didn't want him, and Van Gaal was this genius that it was getting everything right. No, like, we're not. We're no. just saying that like the scouting staff of uh, the manager at the club thought that he yeah. was the wrong fit for that club. Like so, they haven't bought well, but. Someone like Martial not having a good season so far, that's at Jose's. That's Jose's fault. Yes. Right? Yeah. You say they haven't bought well. As the transfer window closed, was the, would you have held that opinion? Well, so I don't think. They were four guys, I, I think, that everybody sat back and thought they could just be what yeah. Manchester United and, well, I think and Pogba, I think Pogba's going to prove to be a good buy eventually, right? I, and I'd bet you will as well. Maybe. Well, he's not going to play again for this season. You see, so. I'm not sure about him, Dave. Well, he's two out two months. He'll be back by. The thing is, my thing about yeah, Eric, Eric Bailly is, Dave, I think if you give him a specific job and say, you go mark someone, go, go and stop that specific player, he'll do it. But I don't think he. I don't think he's got great game know-how. I don't think that when I see him. 
I just I think your positional sense at times looks quite poor. Even if you look at that first goal that United conceded at the weekend, everyone's like, everyone blames Daley Blint and Chris Smalling. Look just a little bit prior to that. Eric Bailly is about five yards deeper than, than Luke Shaw. And he anticipates a ball being played into Diego Costa, so he sprints out. He doesn't sense that he is actually the last man in that position, so he sprints out, leaving Daley Blint, who shouldn't have been, he shouldn't have been in the position he was because he should have been ahead of Chris Smalling. He actually exposed his defence by by just actually sprinting out towards Diego Costa. So I think his game know-how is he has made great. mistakes, but I think he will prove to be a, a good side. Okay, well, so that's that's that transfer window. But if you're going back and you're looking at Rojo and Herrera and Mata, all the way back to Smalling and Phil Jones, yeah, Ashley Young, like so. But, these aren't they're some of them are decent squad players, and that's fine. And you're not going to hit on everything, but they haven't had. An amazing success in the transfer window. We gone. That was an amazing purchase. David mm. de Gea's last one. Where you go? That was brilliant business. Really excellent. When, Fair play. When, how long's David de Gea now? Six years. Would it 2011? be? 2011. Five years and yeah. But should the manager not be able to get the best of the players that he's having to deal with? Look at what Klopp has done with someone like Adam Lallana, who looked like he was yeah, really Lallana, struggling. Sure, but Lallana is a prototype Klopp player. Run all day. Be able to do the high press pass the ball really quickly don't think that's exactly what he asks for that player in that position and if Lallana was a really brilliant player you'd start seeing him do mm. even more I just think that like the, it's been a hodgepodge there's been no overarching design in mm. the transfer policy and so Jose comes in and thinks oh, that's going to be grand it can't be that bad and then he gets there their confidence is shot and they're worse than advertised but they can't be that bad well, all the players that were brought in have excelled somewhere else well, Smalling hasn't. Like he was grand. Okay, Smalling. He, you're going grand. way. You're going back to 2010 with Smalling. Rowan he's, Herrera. He's been there a long Herrera's time. Good. You'd have to agree. Like but, but it, Phil, Phil Jones, or Phil Jones. You know about Phil yeah. Jones. Phil Jones was described by Alex Ferguson as the next Duncan Edwards. Next Duncan it? Edwards. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. you know, he's obviously shown something in training. He's obviously <laughs> yeah. shown something to him and the rest of the players. He's you been know? on the wine that night. Well, uh, <laughs> it's a big statement, though, isn't it? It is. Yeah. It's a big, big red cheeks on him when he says. It is. I mean, Smalling has had spells where he's made mistakes. Yeah, but. Veron, Veron, he was also. But Veron, we're going back fifteen years. I know. We? But, uh, Ferguson was prone to outbursts on players that he knew. I'd like to hear how he described Eric Jemba Jemba and. Uh, yeah. Uh, Bebe. What when <laughs> signing them? When <laughs> signing them? Yeah. And Cleverson. Do you think that Mourinho and that everything around Mourinho has been massively affected by what happened last season? So the public and the media perception. Remember this guy. Won the league eighteen months ago. He won the no, but he won the league eighteen months ago. But now he came in and there was a certain charm to Mourinho, even though he could be a bit of a bollocks behind the scenes. He's been exposed as being a total bully that there was, you know, a sexist bully if he wanted to go that way. And that that was played out on the front pages of the papers. So nobody really falls for his act anymore. And then from the player's point of view, so players presumably talk to each other and the English lads are hearing from Gary Cahill what had happened in the Chelsea dressing room and their initial impression of Mourinho was this guy who came in and turned Frank Lampard and John Terry into two of the best players in the world in their position because he put the arm around them and told them that's what he was going to do mm. they were waiting for this to happen and actually he's such a different figure now he comes in and kind of almost Clough-esque is like you're crap you're, you're crap. all crap you're crap you're yeah. crap you're crap prove me wrong yeah but I think there's, there's still there's still a, the within football I, I'm convinced there's still got to be that sort of element there's got to be that sort of management style there's got to be uh, having that sort of way where you can actually be critical of players you can actually speak to a player face to face and tell them whether it's in the dressing room situation where the, all the players are there or whether you're one on one 
there's got to be that sort of way you can actually be critical of a player. Whereas it it's totally gone the opposite way now, where you cannot you can't actually say what you think about a player. You can't think that you can't tell a player that they're not training well, they're not playing well, they're not because it's almost as if the, the confidence seems to be shot to pieces. Now these stories that's coming out from Man United's dressing room, these are coming out. They've been fees have been filtering out now. Even under Van Gaal, they were filtering out. And, and boys. Yeah. And Moyes. Who is this Mo? Well, that's what well, we're talking about. Who is, can't be who is this guy, who, is yeah, this guy who has all this influence on the media who's not in the team? I, I just, who could that person be? Wait, what, so what are, you saying, what are you saying then, Nathan? What you, so what, I'm what? just wondering which of the players it is. Like, it's there's all only, of them. But that's the only thing, two it, or three of them. It's, it's all of them. It's anybody who's pissed off, rings their agent, and the agent rings that's their journalist. You're spot on there, Jay. That, that's how that works. It's not one single player who's thinking, I'm going to get rid of Jose Mourinho. It's as literally as stupid as a conversation with the agent going, "Geez, you had a call me in training today. I'm brilliant." And the agent goes, "Yeah, you're brilliant." <laughs> and the agent thinks, "Well, I'm going to get you a move. And we're going to get loads of money." Yeah, he's an arse. Do you think Jurgen yeah. Klopp is not isn't pulling players aside and telling them as it is? I'd be amazed. He's he does seem to me like he like he did it with Sturridge. He um, seems to be able to tell the media that he has spoken to a player in a certain way and I don't think the Liverpool players but they're run winning. off winch into their range. I wouldn't trust No winning covers a whole multitude of You wouldn't trust two, sorry. I, the one thing I thought from Klopp last season was if Klopp was putting his arm around you you were probably in a little bit of trouble. Yeah. The one guy he used to seek out every game last season was Jordan Ibe. Well done Jordan, well done. You're my guy. First guy gone once the transfer window started. Yeah, but I, I think it's almost if you, you, what, what, what Klopp's doing there he's saying to, he's saying to these players look, I believe in you. I've got to try to get the best out of you, and you give a bit back to me. And if they can't give it back, to, if they can't give it back to him, they can't show him or show show the manager that they're actually good. That he's putting faith in them. Yeah. And then that's it. Well, it, there's no other option, I don't think, from that sort of side of it. So it looks like he's given him a chance. It looks like he's had confidence in him, and then it didn't work. So you move on. And well, I mean, like let's a... be honest now. All, all of course, managers different styles, different different techniques, how they're going to speak to people in general, but. The way that Mourinho's been talking about his players, and we're going back over eighteen months, whatever it is now at Chelsea, and all these sort of things, it, that that all overly critical um, nature that he has, I think that there's, you've got to have that balance. You do need that balance, and no so matter is, who it is. Is the I'm lonely and can't leave because the paparazzi are going to take a picture of me in my branded suit? Is that conversation being leaked to the press or being sorry being had with the press openly? Him trying to, you know, I, I'm human too. To the players, I have a human side here. Is that so? That no, like, but, yeah, I know, but I, I just I, that was again. I was back to my there's, there's, there's more to it than that. He's, he's, he's too, he's too manipulative, Jose Mourinho, for it to be anything other than something that he's trying to get across. I don't think it's that. I don't think he's looking for sympathy. I don't think that's the case. There's, there's something else to it. But we can and, see through him now. Yeah, well, that's so. Point. Eighteen months ago, when it was all starting to go wrong at Chelsea, the first thing we all did was sort of ignore Mourinho and say, "Look at the players. Look at Eden Hazard." Because a spoiled child doesn't know how good he has it. This guy Mourinho's turned him into one of the best players in the world. Actually, now looking back, and you talk to journalists who know Eden Hazard and anyone who's met Hazard, and they're like, oh, "Eden Hazard's like one of the nicest, most down-to-earth lads you've ever met." Yeah. Mourinho tried to destroy him, and now we're at Manchester United instead of having been on Mourinho's side and go, "The players aren't up to it." But that doesn't make sense either. Why would why would Mourinho try and destroy Hazard? What's in it? Because for him? once it started to go wrong, it was either him going to lose his reputation and Mourinho going to lose his. It might have worked if all this other stuff with the physio hadn't been going on or with the doctor hadn't been going on. Yeah. 
It, 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 anyway, just it, 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 there's a lot more to it anyway. And I, I mean, I think, again, it's probably watch this space regarding it because some I, I firmly believe some of, this is only going to go one way again. Okay, so it's dooms. That's I, what, do you think he'd be in charge of United this time next season? <sighs> if you're asking me hand on heart the way it is at the moment, I'd say no. I would say no because it doesn't. The the looks a, there's a bigger there's a a bigger picture going on here. I think there's something else happening. I I believe, and I, and I just see the way that it goes with Marina and how quickly it turned at Chelsea. It seems like the writing's on on the wall from straight away here. And he's got he's got his issues with Pogba. He's got his issues with one or two others within that side. And it's been proven his best players. He's not able to get the best out of them, particularly over the last few years. Where do they go if this doesn't work? This club that are so desperately trying to avoid being seen in public and by football people Simeone? as a sacking club. That'd be amazing. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah. They, if Simeone would be the fourth manager in five seasons. Yeah, I know. I know. And but they are just another club. That's what happens at the vast majority of clubs of which Manchester yeah. United are now one of them. That, that's probably the point, that, David. But it is, though. It's true. It might be funny. It's not, you're not saying a run-of-the-mill club. Of course they're not. We know that. But One of the richest clubs in the world. No. So they are. But, but, no, but, no, but, they have, but they have no principles. When it comes to, when it comes oh, no, to hiring so I don't and firing. Think so, yeah. no, that's what I mean. That you know, was, but the thing is that the, the thing that made them great was they had uh, two amazing managers in Busby and Ferguson who were hungry. And you wouldn't say that Mourinho at this stage of his career is hungry. He's already achieved everything with loads of other clubs. Moyes was hungry but wasn't great. Van Gaal definitely not hungry. Was he was just to steady the ship guy? Well, I thought what happened last season at Chelsea would have made Mourinho very hungry coming into this season but because like, his reputation was so badly damaged. But I don't know. I think that like, and he was pretty much sacked by Real as well. Is there a big like difference between being hungry departure. and trying to prove people wrong? Yeah, yeah. The, the difference, like the difference, is that those managers were still had their peak of mm. their careers to come. Ferguson's peak was not over. Marino's peak has passed. Van Gaal's peak was passed. Jumbo would Boys. be. We're probably going back about <laughs> was, yeah. six, eight months now. Jumbo, when the M- Miguel Delaney story broke and he'd put this dossier into Man United, and this is kind of how he went about it when he got some of the mm. bigger jobs yeah. in the past, where he puts, he basically puts his, his CV into Man United, yeah. telling him about what he can do, and and I mean his supposed friend was manager. That turned me off big style because I, I know this goes on in football management. I know this goes on basically trying to pro- put put. You know, I, I mean, we've said it before. We spoke about that on the show with this, where a manager would speak to a chairman of a club to say what the opposition, what what that current manager in that club is doing wrong, fullbacks wrong, whatever it would be. They turn me off, Mourinho, big style that, and 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 you can you, you can probably see that he do it because I know a lot of other managers do it. That maybe stinks to me of of a manager that's that's not got. Respect or total respect for for many of his of his of his counterparts or many of his of his uh, of, of the people that he's supposed to be trying to protect and also, as well as as well as anybody else. You don't have the self confidence to get the job on your own merits in a way. You've got to advertise for it. You've got to go like a, a Simeone, definitely that kind of character. But maybe a Pochettino is actually far better because but could you see? Diego Simeone now in his position? No. Would he need to? Does Jose Mourinho need to do that? Jose Mourinho's reputation, as we said before, should essentially speak for itself with what he's achieved. Yeah. Why would? Why on earth would he need to have, have done that sort of thing? It just it. Because he doesn't have the background in playing. He doesn't have the successful playing career. And he's never had the confidence. That's always been going at him. He's he the hasn't one. played the game. He's had the confidence. Yeah. Like you. Exactly. He hasn't played the game. But what? So yeah. Oh well. I mean, I, I so again. I suppose it's probably watch this space. I mean, I think we'll probably be. We move on from we'll move on from Jose Mourinho, I suppose, <laughs> won't we? Let's move. Let's 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 go from it. The the, the, the other story again that maybe 
appealed to me, I suppose, to maybe have a chat about this week as well, was this, was was footballers coming out, certainly um, footballers who were gay coming out and, and, um, and, and say, and basically saying, yeah, declaring, yeah, I'm gay, I'm, I'm homosexual. And, Chris Sutton spoke about this one. Chris Sutton saying that the, the one that I read, which was a story, was eighty-two percent of football, football supporters would have no issue with having a gay player within the side. But of this survey that went, about eight percent of, of football supporters said they would stop watching the team. Now, it's a small percentage. I'll take that. But there still is an element within society. How how would this how would this go down within dressing rooms? Which I don't think it would be a problem. To be quite honest, with you. I, yeah. I, I could never ever see it be a problem. I think American sports have have, have addressed this issue a lot better. I think than than uh, perhaps the Premier League and maybe English football have in general. There's I think. still no openly gay NFL player. Michael Sam came out when he was um, the one of the defensive players of the year a couple of years ago and got drafted but didn't make never made a playing squad yeah. so there's, there's been zero minutes on the field for like the NFL's a disgrace really the, like Arian Foster who's just retired this mm. week had to come out last year as an atheist it was a big deal it was like a 10 page story <laughs> yeah. in ESPN the magazine about the fact that he was an atheist and this was like yeah. well what happens when the team how get to be so good? the game yeah. how do you get to be so good yeah. if he's an atheist like, so well 88% that's an awful lot of yobs in a football stadium. Eight percent. Uh, that's that is, is enough, this? guys. It eight percent of scum will make a serious noise, and they will make a guy's life a misery. Ugh, I don't. I'm know. not surprised that a, a gay footballer still feels there still very been, reluctant still, to come out. You know, I think the, the the most recent one was in my head is probably Robbie Rogers, who yeah. who came out as gay. He came out as being gay, and but he went back to MLS and I think I think he's still playing at LA Galaxy yeah, I think yeah. I'm saying they're still playing it at was LA last Galaxy. season anyway yeah he's the, he's the he's the only maybe player that, that I can think of who's who's come out as gay still playing particularly certainly that that would be aware of there's nobody in the Premier League no one with it within English football no one w- within League of Ireland or anyone like that, that that's that's come out as being gay now How many you've been in so many professional dressing rooms and I'm sure the, the, the slurs the gay slurs that are routinely thrown around were always been fired around the yeah constantly when I, when so I was if it was a teammate it, yeah. of yours that was gay and was keeping it to himself you must be you must realise how hard it would have been even yeah. if he was remotely thinking about doing it yeah. and it just takes one of those slurs to be fired out after a game and it probably rocks him back a few months in, in his thinking in his mindset yeah I, I saw uh, it's just someone that's coming to my mind here as well now uh, Jason McAtee was, t- was talking about maybe two three years ago now and he said he doesn't believe there are any footballers that are gay doesn't believe that there are that's crazy I I, I mean I, I listened to him I was like that's what I thought Dave I thought this is absolute crazy Jason come on because you know for a fact in society in general why not why why aren't there of course well, if, there are if he does genuinely believe that it's because he feels that the world of football is so unwelcoming to somebody who's gay so whether he's right or he's wrong we think he's very much wrong it's still a major issue I think it is well it is, it is a major issue and maybe that's going back to the fact that particularly when I first started 20 what was it 93 when I first started it was there was loads of you know homophobic jokes that was that were going around dressing rooms I think society has changed big style did the, the dressing room years. change would they still the have dressing been fairly... room has changed anyway in general uh, Jerry it's, it's changed yeah in, yeah but th- what would the last club you were at was what Coventry what year was that uh, when did I finish at Coventry 12 was it 2012 so three, four, four years, years ago three years, I mean, three the years world ago, hasn't yeah. moved on substantially 
in this regard in four years I would have Donald Trump might be about to get elected but no but I'm saying no but can you remember even in that what last change room you were in whether have been probably these kind of things been said and it's not it's not that the guys who are throwing these kind of insults around are homophobic in any way it's just the stuff that goes on I think I think that's what they would describe yeah but I think probably not that's clearly wrong yeah but I think probably not homophobic well I if they're making homophobic comments yeah and so it's semantics at that point. No, but I think it's probably I, 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 not necessarily, but particularly over the last seven, eight, nine years, maybe the last three or four years of my career. I think it was definitely going the other way. I think lads were quite mindful of that. I think there's a lot more, there's a lot, there's, there's society's a lot more acceptance of a lot of different things anyway in general. So I, I think players they would be mindful too if a player actually declared themselves as gay, wouldn't they? Yeah, of course they would. And they, then they everybody would make an effort to be respectful. I mean, I, I saw I, I saw the comments that was made. I think it was Chris Sutton. I'll maybe get that. Chris Sutton has said, if I can find... Uh, he basically said that he disagreed with comments that it, it's impossible for a player to come out as gay in the Premier League. Yeah, he's, he's basically said the, the 8% of football supporters that have come out saying that they wouldn't uh, watch the football team shouldn't be allowed in football grounds anywhere. These are the sort of, you say, the scum of society, whatever you want to say. People are entitled to the views. I think we all accept that, but... I think we're talking about a different. We're, we're in a different age now of of, of many different things, and it, I mean it's easy to say, of course it is. But if if a player came out within my dressing room and said that they were gay, I, I'd be thinking to myself, why? I'm serious. I would be thinking, why actually do you need to come out and say this? You know, they they don't need to come out. Who needs to come out? But if we're I, in a different so age, I, if look, we are, why are there no gay footballers? Well, because obviously people don't well, feel there are. confident enough to people feel like it's too much of a burden particularly to be the first one mm. and like particularly if they're playing it becomes in, hassle. In, in the Premier League or the, if they're playing at a high standard or high level yeah. you know Thomas Hitzelsberger came out after be... he'd finished you know a lot of the, the footballers that, 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 have, that have come out as gay have come out after they finished playing yeah they? and if, if Hitzelsberger had come out while he was playing he would have been asked in a lot of press conferences and he would have had to yeah. Yeah. you know you're, you're then you have to become a leader in the gay community like and if you don't you feel like you're not serving the yeah. gay community well and somebody has to do that and it's a really difficult job for somebody to do but you kind of feel like once it's done it's done hopefully yeah. and and it's at that point that nobody needs to do it anymore like it would be brilliant if we were in a situation where nobody had to say any of this stuff yeah but unfortunately somebody does actually have to put their hand up and say i'm gay and i'm playing football and screw you! I'm actually just as good as I was yesterday before you knew I was gay. Yeah. So, but the, 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 as you say, maybe there as well. I think there'd be a lot of mental pressure on on that yeah. on that particular player. Yeah. If if he isn't playing well after he's come out gay, then like, all of a sudden it goes back to the point is that he's that he had to come out gay. There's pressure on him even even more so. And every and dip in form gets analysed yeah. in a way it isn't for a teammate. Yeah, totally, totally. Now, having said that, right? There's also the possibility that the first gay footballer comes out gets like massive sponsorship and endorsement and everybody goes I really want you to be part of my which, brand which will be the case hopefully which will yeah. be the case yeah, yeah of course it would be and so you know hopefully that is the thing that kind of triggers it like it's uh, I don't think it'll be an issue in the grounds it, whatever percentage 8% like you go to a Premier League ground now you don't hear people no, shouting no. racist comments no I, 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 I can't see I've, well I've never heard but I'd imagine if you heard someone they'd be thrown out straight away and you would also have everybody sitting around them making sure yeah Exactly. Without a doubt, I, I think that would be the case. I think that'd be a case anyway. But I mean, I mean, it's just something that came came up when you're looking through a lot of the stories that, that circulating this week as well. That that was certainly one of them that came about. But again, you you would hope that I think that that sport in general, we're we're in a different place now. We're in a different place. And there's I, no there's no case. gay sports broadcasters. There's nobody like who's out there. How do we know, Jer? But that's the How point. Do we know. No one actually feels comfortable. Are they in the same boat? 
as these Premier League players you just feel they it's just not welcome they just can't do it mm. I, don't I don't know like I, I would love to think we're in a world now where these things are possible but they're cl- it's clearly not yeah well again. there's a reason why there isn't a single one yeah, no, I, I think I, I do agree. I do agree, and you, you're hoping for the day when you say when it, say if someone comes out, someone comes out as gay. But the issue isn't even there then. That it's, yeah. we're not even we're not, they don't need to come out. You as gay. So it's, it's just yeah. basically yeah, that's it. Anyway, it's what you touch on there though. Like we spend a lot of time talking about sports people not saying anything interesting ever at the best of times. Yeah. So to come out and say and make this big statement means every single press conference you ever do. Mm someone is going to try and relate to it and you're going to have to answer questions on it for the entire length of your career. And a lot of them probably think, that's just not worth the hassle. Yeah, and maybe they think, There's, why should I come out? Well, like, that, why that, do that, I need to well, come so, out? That's, my so, po- that, that's maybe my point. So, like, like, a, a heterosexual player well, doesn't have to dis- declare themselves as heterosexual. But and I, I know I, it's completely I, look, different I know the, fish, I, but except, except that what you're doing is you're asking somebody to repress a part of their identity which they find quite central to their identity. Well, like, maybe they're not repressing it. But it, it's not, like, it's not, for there's no freedom hmm. if you don't have the freedom of Do you know expression what, you don't have any freedom. Maybe, maybe that's within, the point about that within a, within so a dressing room someone's kind of accepting look yeah th- this this particular player is gay and they're getting on with it yeah i don't i don't necessarily well, think you need to make a, a, a statement that's like, totally different yeah, yeah. make it you know if, if, it's, if it's accepting the dressing room or if it's accepted within a club or whatever it is any yeah. workplace so it would be. and i would say that probably does exist that there probably are dressing rooms where there are gay players where everybody knows certain players gay but it, no big deal is made out of it. Yeah. And that's kind of what you're talking I about. I really would hope that that is the case, that yeah. you hit the nail on the head I there. I suspect that is the case. But yeah, you given would hope so. the nature of the transfer system in football nowadays, isn't it a case that if whoever this first player is that comes out, every time their contract is up, every time they're on the transfer list, every time a club is considering going for them, isn't that going to become an issue isn't it going to be discussed publicly well the club he's supposedly been linked with will they accept him will the fans of that club accept him yeah well uh, no yeah, it should, they, that they may should, have that to that deal with it again happen. and again well no again. but so did, that did, ha- did that not happen with was it Michael Sam well he just wasn't good enough but him not being good enough became that issue of was his sexuality an issue in him getting a contract yeah well, so there was a feeling that maybe he wasn't good enough when he got drafted and that the LA Rams drafted him to the NFL asked Sarah listen it was the seventh round so the pick is, is largely meaningless and they were like, put him on your practice squad, let's get this over with and let's get it done. And if he turns out to be amazing, happy days, you've got a player who is really good. But like, let's just make sure that he doesn't go undrafted as opposed to, yeah, you know, it's so it, all sorts of weird Reverse shit, discrimination. Like, all yeah. sorts of weird shit started to happen around Michael Sam. There are still people who would say that he didn't make it because he was gay and that he wasn't allowed to, to reach the team and that the NFL is corrupt. So I don't know. That. Like, the ins and outs of that story, he doesn't seem too pissed off about the fact that he didn't make it because he was just about like a stone and a half too light for his position which in the NFL you can take a lot yeah. of drugs for but <laughs> yeah, to, yeah. Yeah. to wrap this part, part of it up yeah. it's, it's 2016 by the year 2020 do you think we'll have a, an openly gay footballer in the Premier League I, I just so. I, I just think yeah it wouldn't even be an issue Devon I, I, I genuinely hope that's the case and I think that I think it will be the case I think we'll, we'll maybe be moving on and it'll just be the f- it's all about the first. Some, some, some. You got what we just spoke about before. I think it's accepting the dressing room. Words got out, and the player then has made some statement. Yeah, I'm gay. I'm, I'm fine. I'll get on with my life, and that's it. I, I, re- I really think that'll be the case. I don't, I don't want it to be some sort of big press conference. Some big. Well, it's too really, much of a big deal, isn't it? Too yeah. much for anybody to. Too much pressure for anybody. Yeah, exactly. I, I, just, I hope generally yes, and we'll wrap it up. But I, I hope we say in the next three or four years, certainly we'll be, we won't even be talking. It won't even be an issue then, and yeah. we'll be. 
and uh, we'll be moving on. Uh, I was going to say we've never had a Mayo man, but we, I suppose you're the, the closest we've ever had to a Mayo man playing football for Ireland. Hmm. Why, do, why are you looking Can at we? Nathan? Like, yeah. in a, it's such a smirk. You didn't play yeah. for Ireland either. And like, <laughs> you were giving me that accusationary <laughs> look of... It's like... Well, you my point was going to be, hopefully by 2020, we'll have an openly Mayo man in the Premier League as well. But that's, uh, <laughs> oh, right. Well, I'll tell you what, move on to Daniel Storage on that note. Anyway, move on to Daniel Storage. Are you, 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 you not happy with him at the moment, Nathan? Something, some, something's no, concerning I'm wondering, you about Daniel Storage. Uh, as, as a Mayo man who has played in the Premier League, how do you think his teammates find <laughs> Daniel Storage? So he scored two goals last night. I think he had eight shots. He no, but I want you to tell me. I want you to tell me what you think about him. What do you, what do you I like think Dan- of Daniel I... Sturridge? You know, you, you've watched a lot of him. We say know, what you said off air, Nathan. Know, no, Jake, tell me. We what think, did I say we, off we, air? I can't we, remember think, now. we think he's a top player. We all think he's a top player. I think we're all probably in agreement of that. But You, the, you suspect but, his teammates might not like him. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we'll, 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 we'll say I, it then. You know, don't, don't hold back. You know, you, you let yourself down on a number of occasions. I want you to, I, I want, I want you to express yourself here with me. Well, there was the issue express last season. Yourself. Was it Adam Lallana who got the goal here. and Sturridge tried to claim the goal and Klopp had to smack him down and put him back in his place where uh, Sturridge was claiming the goal came off his arse so it was his goal. How many centre forwards are we seeing do that? Over? No, no but, exactly. But Sturridge They're came out in the press conference no, uh, in the interview exactly straight that, away. That's, that's, that's that selfish streak that's within every striker though, isn't it? My problem would be if he's maybe starting to affect the rest of the team where, you know, he's maybe making, you're not making the runs for teammates, not maybe... Well, is he affecting the team the and is, he, is that well, why he is, he's not in the team? I was going to say to you, he's clearly affecting the team in Jurgen Klopp's eyes because he won't pick him, doesn't pick him. He, and I've said it before, I, I think I think Klopp, if something comes up in January, I think Klopp will let him go anyway. Yeah, because I, I have case. this uh, argument with my dad every single Monday, pretty much, where... Even if Liverpool win, he's not. Sturridge has to play, and Sturridge isn't on, on the team. That he's the best, possibly up there with Aguero as the best finisher in the Premier League, and that you make your team around Daniel Sturridge. Yeah, Mister Murphy should make an appearance in this yeah, podcast. Yeah, I know. I think that would be. Uh, He'd be very angry yeah. about something or other. Has it? Yeah, but where do Probably you get, about Daniel Sturridge. Where do you get that from, then, Nathan? I wonder where you get. <laughs> you Lick it off the ground, hey. Yeah. <laughs> but well, so yeah, you've been saying he's going to let him go in January or let him go in the summer. If you're Daniel Sturridge, where is he going to go? Anywhere now because he's fit. But where? So he's been to Chelsea. He's been to Manchester City. Where else is there? Go to Arsenal. The one you said to last week was a PSG. I think that's a really good shout. Actually, that one. Man United. I, I could see PSG happening. Man, Man United Liverpool is won't a big one as well. United. I can't. Would he not? But if you're Daniel Sturridge, you're Would at Liverpool. Not? Why not back yourself to outlast Klopp? Um, uh, well, that's not right. the issue because I'm, I'm, I think at the moment you, you only get a short career, Nathan. You've got a short career, you've got a short span. He doesn't want to play half the time anyway. Yeah, Klopp, Klopp will be there for the next two or three years. I think we're all probably certain of that. I think he will be. Daniel Sturridge in three years' time will be what? Probably 29. 30? Whatever, mm. 29, 30. He's only 26. Yeah. yeah, he's still. He's actually younger than pretty it, much everyone. Wow. He's, he's, he's then. He's then going. He's, he's Daniel Sturridge, and he's head thinking. I'm going to go through the best years of my footballing career On and not play again. There's is no it? chance it's going to happen, and there's no chance that Liverpool can afford what? with the money that they're paying him to have him on the bench anyway. So, is there not a possibility that this is old school management, where a player doesn't automatically ask for a transfer when he's not getting in the team? He knuckles down. He learns a few new skills. Learns to play a part of the role, a role in the team, and mm. everybody benefits collectively. And it goes back to your point before you saying about Jordan Ibe. You saying Jordan Ibe before uh, was, you know, Jurgen Klopp had the arm round him, telling him how good he was, which is what Klopp does every week anyway. 
with with Daniel Sturridge, yet he doesn't play him. When the big games come around, he doesn't play him. He played him against Liverpool the other week, of course, but it clearly didn't work. Went straight back, he reverted back to the trust, tried and trusted front three without um, without Daniel Sturridge in the side. So I think that's ultimately what will happen. I think you'll get, I think you'll get rid of him. Amazing. Know, what other options do they have? I mean, I don't rate Divo Carigi as an option. So he want, he likes he to play Firmino through the middle. But he prefers Divo Carigi though. Dave. But he's, Serge is one injury away from being the main man. And that's yeah. fine. That's not the worst. Like, you just wonder, is it, has Daniel Sturridge shown anything during his career that he's willing to do what Jair is saying, which is, listen to what Klopp is saying. Go, if you want to be part of this front four, this is what you have to do in training. This is what you have to do every game you get. I know you like scoring the gold, but you've got to work your ass off. Well, did he not work his ass off when Suarez was there? Did yeah, he not? Did, I, not I, did he? Hard. Yeah, I think he did. Yeah, I think he did. did. Not, did Sterling him. and Suarez work their ass off, and he just swanned around? No, no. Not, I'm not saying he swanned around, but he was the no. focal point. He was no, the guy I, who stayed in the position. Well, he wasn't so. really. He wasn't really. No, because Sturridge played to them. Liverpool played with the front three essentially when they were going. When they were going great, they played with the front three. And sometimes Sturridge would be on the left, he'd be on the right. You couldn't have played within that attacking side. You couldn't have actually been. You couldn't actually played alongside Luis Suarez and not have been. You know, galvanized by him with what he did. I think he just maybe drove that team forward, and he did work. He did work hard. I think he, in the short spell he, he had at Bolton, I think he showed that he's got the capacity to knuckle down and not throw the toys out of the pram because he was sent down. Was it Chelsea or Man City that loaned him out that Chelsea, time? Chelsea, I think. It was Chelsea. They scored six goals in 11 Premier League games, I think yeah. it was for a really average side. I think we're being a bit harsh on him, and we don't know what the injuries have done to him. We've, I, whenever I hear people slagging off Daniel Serge, oh, another calf strain, he's going to miss another two or three games. Liverpool clearly, are kind of I'll, I'll, a bit dickish. I always think of Keith like O'Neill when we had him in our panel a few years back, and Keith O'Neill talked him, and Richie Sadler's talked about this as well. The agony of being injured and knowing you're injured and that you can't play, yeah. but the people around you, the supporters of the club you play for, not believing that you're really hurt. Yeah, but Stephen Gerrard screwed him may well over. Have been in that. Who? He did, yeah, Gerard. by outing Because really. put it in his autobiography that there was basically nothing wrong with Daniel Sturridge yeah, I know. I, against I Manchester yeah. United. The season they're going for the league, but Sturridge felt he had a little bit of a niggle, but Gerrard had to twist his arm and say, we're playing Manchester United, we're going for the title. Yeah. You're playing. Yeah, and did he play? And yeah. But Jürgen Klopp said well? that himself, didn't he? Yeah, he needs to learn the difference between pain, yeah. real pain and I, I mean, fake yeah, pain. I, I don't have that. I don't have that. He needs to take something for us. Yeah. Yeah, well, tic tac. I'll, I'll just put it out there quickly now. Then, where, where do you think Daniel Sturridge will be? Then you asked about Marina. Where do you think Daniel Sturridge will be this time next year? I think he'll be at Liverpool. I do as well. So do I. Yeah, right. Well, I don't think he will. Uh, right. Uh, we haven't played the game. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, do you know that? Cut I said that. I said to Dave last night. Dave had a bit of a bite in me. That That's where this is coming from. Oh, that yeah. cut them to the quick. <laughs> this oh, is directly yeah. linked. Yeah. Directly linked to last night's uh, comments. Quick one on um, Sligo Rovers manager Dave Robertson. Just a quick <laughs> one on that with his comments about um, about Dundalk. Basically saying no integrity uh, in in the, in the squad. When they were four, this is when yeah. they were four 0 down. Four nil down at the time right. against St Pat's. Uh, just a quick one on it before we we'll have a little quick quick look uh, run through the fixtures at the weekend. But just a quick one on Dave Robertson. I mean, I, I mean, I just think it was it's crazy stuff. Uh, no, D- Dave, it's embarrassing. I'm sure he regrets it. Now he has. He didn't. He write some kind of a grovelling tweet today. In no, a no, it wasn't so much a no, grovelling tweet. Have you got the tweet? Have you got the tweet? I'll get it. Chat amongst yourselves. He put. originally put out basically. Um, that you know Dundalk team selection tonight obviously what was he exactly was yeah, so. he put something out but then he put he actually hashtagged as a manager he hashtagged no integrity <laughs> and then he hashtagged another tweet which just, which was it just saying yeah well he'd got a little bit of abuse in between the want two to, uh, yeah. and then the next one was hashtag yeah, go just on. saying yep. so the exact quote was looks like Stephen Kenny and Dundalk have chucked the towel in on the league hashtag no integrity then 
a few minutes later hashtag just say yeah. in case we missed it yeah. and oh. then uh, <laughs> then a day later somebody had tweeted him saying Dundalk have earned the right to take the next week off he tweeted back 100% mate was just hoping for a more competitive end to the season for everyone in the league no insult intended yeah well it's thumbs poor. up uh, yeah uh, it's poor I think we, we can maybe they could we lose out 1500 quid or 3 grand 3 grand per position in the I'm sure Dundalk are trolling 3 grand if they really needed to this stage with all yeah. the cash well, that's, that's a sort of comment though isn't it that comes back to biting the balls doesn't it that one comes back well it did 100%. immediately after he sent it on the night because straight away people were picking out results from Sligo's fixtures yeah, yeah. over the last yeah. 6 months that happened with Bray Wanderers yeah, exactly. 4-0 yeah. 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 I saw Sligo play Shermark Rovers earlier this season was the worst performance I have ever seen <laughs> so, maybe he wasn't the manager yeah. then was he yeah. where's yeah. their integrity well, I think we'll put this. We'll, we'll put this one to bed. I think we're all in agreement. I think he learned from this. Yeah, I can't yeah. see him saying. I think he's got to like learn from me, Dave. Dave has yeah. got to learn. Should from managers be on Twitter? <laughs> oh, managers should not be on Twitter. No way. And if you're going to be on Twitter, just basically send like like Ronald Koeman. Just put a quick tweet tweet out thanking the fans. And yeah, like a victory me and Irwin type, having yeah. dinner with one our thing, families. A manager should not be hashtagging. A manager 100 should never in a million years be hashtagging. <laughs> have you met Ronald Koeman? Uh, yes, I have met Ronald Koeman. Is he the nicest man in football? Uh, no, I think he's quite. Well, he said okay. It was nothing, you know. I wouldn't say we we sat down and had an in de- in depth conversation, but I think he's I think he's quite uh, hard on the players. Yes. I believe behind the scenes, I think. But I think it's what you need. So maybe a different one. Right, let's move on to the fixtures anyway for this week, and we're going to have a little look at the the odds for this week. And I think Jer's got the the odds there with with us now. But yeah, we'll st- I think we'll start off with the uh, the twelve thirty kick off Saturday mornings. You know, as you know, we 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 have a bet every week. Um, things not going well so, so well for everybody no, except things for are not going so well for for some better for others Dave McIntyre you've 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 hit you've hit the money with two unbelievable bets <laughs> in the last seven or eight weeks I needed you? a win because I haven't been even just close. tell us the bets that you that you uh, that a you couple did. of weeks ago I backed Stoke and West Brom at the uh, bet three six five saying finished one one I think West Brom got like a ninety first minute equaliser yeah. that was like six to one so yeah. I bet that gave us a hundred quid for that. Um, 600 quid so 600 lids and last weekend I had Stoke minus one at Hull <laughs> and uh, two absolute scorchers from yes. Shaqiri well, did the play. job I did, I did applaud you I did applaud you so after, after I didn't never actually there was a bit of messing going on on Whatsapp I never actually had the odds confirmed three what was it oh, I think it was 4-1 oh, I, oh, I got screwed over rightly it last might have been 3-1 it might have been 4 I think it was 4 when yeah, does this particular charity betting window close I, we, we, I think uh, the November International so we yeah. have a couple more I weeks. can't be caught at this no, time well you'd be surprised Jair is going for Villa minus 3 away you were actually second going into this weekend was I Kevin had surpassed you. Yeah, I, I, I All right, so I, it's not I, a dumb deal I, I had both teams to score the other week and Bournemouth to beat Hull. Okay. That was when we and it was up at half time. They were three one up at half time. Yeah. So yeah. I can't so get too complacent, but I'm in good shape. Are oh, you in great shape now? You get good odds on those both teams to score, do you? And the uh, result as well. I think, do you, yeah. I think yeah. it was a three. Both teams to score is odds on. Team to win. So right. I think you can. I, I, well, I always fancy every week. You'd fancy with, with Liverpool every week. Fancy, if you go, fancy Liverpool to win, Liverpool will concede. So back Liverpool to win both teams. Yeah. Well, I backed Liverpool minus two. They're two 0 up. Yeah. Absolutely cruising. Yeah, thinking I'm a genius. Should have been five. <laughs> Should have been five, and they can see the bloody goal. Yeah. Well, anyway, come on. Let, let's move on to this weekend. First of all, we've got Sunderland Arsenal. That's a twelve thirty kickoff this weekend. Sunderland thirteen to two. Arsenal five to two on the draw. Fifteen to four. Arsenal will win this three 0 That'd be a comfortable win. I can't. Mm, uh, those no. early kickoffs are a bit. Uh, yes. No, no, the late kickoffs Sunderland are a bit. Though. The Sunderland early kickoffs are grand. Yeah. It's the late kickoffs. I, I, Crazy know what I shit I've been looking at typical Sunderland. Uh, sorry, They're typical shite. Arsenal. Arsenal last sorry. weekend after the... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> typical <laughs> Sunderland. You just calm your jets for five minutes, you. But the, the one last week in the Middlesbrough game, I maybe highlighted. I think I think Arsenal will win the game, but I think Sunderland will score. I would actually tip on this one. Both teams to score with an Arsenal win. 
I think the bet is Arsenal minus two, or if you're really ballsy, minus three. Do you? After last weekend against Middlesbrough? It's Sunderland. Like, yeah, they're so Middlesbrough poor. as well. Oh, I understand that, but Middlesbrough yeah. actually have a little bit of bite about them. Right. Middlesbrough was at the Emirates. Yeah. yeah, yeah. This is in Sunderland. This will suit them a bit better. Yeah, Sunderland. Sunderland will have to try and do something. I swear, I think Sunderland will score in the game, but I think Arsenal win. I How many week, weeks has Moyes got? Well, is one. he going to see the? the uh, end, is he see the end of November? Uh, uh, we haven't got much time. How much time have we got? We got how much have we got on well, this? You, one? We, the could, we, thing about a podcast is you can literally go on forever. We, yeah, we could talk about we could talk about David Moyes. We'll we do maybe, Moyes next. We'll week. do yeah, Moyes next week. week. If he's still there <laughs> after after he beats Arsenal at the Emirates. Okay. Uh, sorry, we'll do David Moyes when we get access to Kevin's phone. We can send him a text. We're not doing. Yeah, we'll go back to that one. He's not happy about that. He's suddenly backtracking. I never backtracked. Me, you was one that put it out there straight away. Well, you did say if you lose, you'll have to run a half marathon well, no, you so suddenly it doesn't seem as attractive Nathan there's got to be some forfeit for you you can't just put it on well, my toes I, as you, yeah, I, as you said no, like, no. You know, we, we'll do a half marathon between us and <laughs> no. Dave can do the running no you do the half yeah. marathon <laughs> I'll, I'll do a half marathon yeah no problem but, but that's like, fine for you, you you're fit and healthy that's not a forfeit you'd be you'd quite <laughs> yeah. enjoy that no the one thing I've seen I have actually signed Nathan up to do Seat to Summit over in Westport next year so 2017 <laughs> plenty of time to get ready for in, that over in Westport he is doing Seat to Summit and he, in, in his home county as well the grand he's return got to do it. yes yeah yeah. the master return so yeah we're having we're having King of Mayo they call him yeah. Yeah. that's it so right, what's that. next? Anyway, right, Man so United, Jay, Man Jay. United versus Burnley. Manchester United five to one on the draw, five to one, and Burnley sixteen to one. Whoa, whoa! Sixteen to one is almost worth like but we've a spoke, fiver. That's worth a fiver to me. But we've we spoke at length, haven't we, about um, Man United earlier on? We've spoke about the problem. We spoke about Jose Mourinho. Is this saying to me that Burnley can actually get something here? They well, can we, get something. They've Burnley no. are big win against. This is at Old Trafford, yeah. They've already yeah. beaten Liverpool this season. Their away form is terrible. Yeah, I know that. I know that. I think the bet here is both teams not to score. As in... Nil-nil. Either neither of them or one of them. So you're usually... Both teams two score is always around 7-4 to four on. Both teams not to score is usually closer seven to, to evens. 7-4 four on both teams. They won't be in this game. Um, no, not in this game. But no. generally, an, ad- an right. average game. Not right. where one is so heavily backed. So this time I'd say you'd get you'd get odds against on both teams not to score. You might get 7-4, to four, possibly 6-4. to four. All right, What do you fancy? Nathan, uh, I think United will win two one. I think United might win two nil. Jay, yeah, I think it's one of those routine Man United victories. Yeah, I think United might win it. Actually, I think they might just have too much. But I, I'd be tempted, as you said, they just have a little cheeky fiver on Burnley. Just <laughs> well, of course, both teams not to score could could be a five nil United win. Yeah, you'd still come away with the with the win. Yeah, no, exactly, exactly. Uh, so we will move on. To West Brom, Man City. West Brom, Man City. West Brom thirteen to two. Manchester City nine to four on, and the draw is ten to three. They're in a rush at the moment. Yeah, yeah. I just think Aguero is gonna it's gonna click. Do you? What if he doesn't pick him? It looks to me. It, I mean, it looks considering how well City have done against the maybe the lesser teams this season. I, I think I think West uh, Man City actually should. I think well, Man City should. I only saw the highlights of the Southampton game, but by all accounts, Southampton were full value for their point, if not. A little more could have taken yeah. a little more, like so. West Brom with the Hawthorns could prove equally as sticky. Ah, West, Ham, West Brom are nowhere near as good as Southampton. Yeah. What is what are the draw odds? Ten to three. I, I, that may be the one I'm going with this yeah, weekend. No, I think City will win. I think City will win this game. I would actually tip City up minus one this weekend. Do you oh, think yeah. could Hal Robson Canu have an influence on this game? <laughs> <laughs> Quite possibly. Why, why, why are you saying like that? I'm just wondering, Nathan. Yeah, I think. Uh, I think. <laughs> 
I think Hal Robson kind of could have a have a say off the bench. Of course, yeah. I can't see him starting, but he could do. Uh, okay, right. We'll move on to Spurs Leicester. Can we talk next week about Sino Berahino? Yeah. Sino. All right. Yeah. All right. We'll have that. Well. Yeah. So right. you've got to bring it to the party early on before we come on. We, you know, when we when we're talking about what we're going to talk about, you can maybe yeah bring. Let us know. So th- so West Ham are he's about to sign a new contract, and West Brom are delighted that he signed up for five years on fifty grand a week. He's done nothing yeah. for about three seasons. Yeah, Don't you want to talk about it next week? Well, you well, want to talk about I'm just week. setting my... They want to sell him. Being, being two stone overweight as well. But anyway, what... Uh, Spurs Who's Lester. Spurs or, Lester. or Nathan? Spurs... Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's not about how you look, Dave. I've told you that. It's not about how you look. Jesus Sorry, Christ. Nathan. Wow. I take that back. I didn't mean that. Attention. Wow. Shots fired. Sorry. Spurs are 13-8 to eight on. <laughs> yeah. Leicester are 9-2. to two, And the draw is 14-5. to five. Well, do you know what I fancy here? I fancy Spurs to win to nil at the weekend. I think Spurs will win. I think uh, Leicester won't score. Yeah, Spurs minus one for me. Leicester's season is going along perfectly well. They're going to pick yeah. up 55 points from beating the sides in and around them and they'll be able to have yeah. a proper the, crack at the great Champions home form being poor yeah. away. So. And they're going to lose to pretty much every team that's actually better than them, which is what's happening. But they're, they're picking up plenty yeah. of wins. Are they're they not okay. starting to get a little bit better. I think this might be a one-all. I don't think Spurs are all that. Yeah, <laughs> he's no, I think Harry Kane could be back this weekend. Oh, really? Nathan. He look, he, he, Janssen, uh, do need him. Janssen hasn't is... quite been at it. He, he's, he's had, I think he's had ten days training now. Harry Kane. So I think Harry Kane could be back in this weekend. Right. I think Spurs bounce back. Give them uh, this, a bit of a yeah, trimming. I agree. I agree. I, I think. It, I think it could be one or two nil. But I think Spurs like, yeah, will win. Both play Champions League next week. But the thing is, Spurs are not concede. Spurs, Spurs, Spurs. When they've got the back four, regular back four in place, they mm-hmm. don't look like they're going to concede. So you can lay Spurs at one point seven. Nah, not interested no. in that. You, you fancy that one? Mm. I don't Against know. a Leicester team Against away from Leicester, home, they're getting a Champions high enough every up. team. Yeah, right, come on, we'll, we'll run through these yeah, then okay. quickly then. Let's finish. We'll go uh, Watford Hull. Nobody cares. Watford Hull. Watford 3-4. to four. <laughs> Hull, give a bit back to the rest of the Premier League, Nathan, honestly. Hull 15-4. to four, And the draw is 13-5. Watford. Minus one. Watford minus one, I think. Holder, shit. What price you say Watford are you say there again? Watford three to four. So minus one, they must that, be that, two to one. I think that's a one. great price in, in anyone's double at the weekend. Double yeah. or treble, sticking Watford in your, in your double. The way, particularly it gives you the way that Hull are playing. I, I fancy Watford to win. I wouldn't be going minus one or anything the way that Watford are, but I think Watford will win the game, yeah. So three to four in a double, in a double further down the line. I, I actually fancy Stoke to beat Swansea, which is a Monday night game. I do that in a double this weekend. Watford Stoke. That's the worst Monday night game of all time. <laughs> <laughs> should, we, should we well have brought it up there? Stoke, yeah. Stoke, Stoke, Swansea. Stoke oh. are nineteen to twenty. Swansea are fourteen to five. I think Stoke will win. Yeah, I think that's a great double. Great double, honestly. Watford Stoke over the weekend. I think that's a great double. Actually, you can get as big as uh, two point oh four about Stoke on Betac. Yeah. Mm. I think it's a good one anyway right so what do you think that one Stoke yeah Stoke. Stoke Dave I'd just be a bit different if Swansea will get a point there yeah. just to, just yeah, to shake Dave, it up a little Bob Bradley bounce last one of the Saturday games then Palace Liverpool I'm at, I'm at this game actually Saturday I'm looking forward to this one I Palace think. are 4-1 to one at home against Liverpool 4-1 to one. Yeah. and Liverpool well they beat them with that Benteke penalty member last season yeah. when uh, Damien Delaney slid in and just sort of caught him yeah. about two minutes into injury time I remember you asked you in, in post-match asking Alan Pardew a couple of questions there Nathan. he wasn't happy with that yeah he wasn't Why happy yeah uh, it was, did you say was was? I think the question actually was. Oh no, my was, was Damien Delaney naive in his decision? No, he to walked dive off in? on that question. My first question. <laughs> no, was, I'm not about that question. Sorry, that my first that. question was was it? I said so. It turned out because I was like, it's a dive. It's the worst dive of all time. It's a disgraceful decision. It turned out Delaney had caught him with his back knee. Very slight contact. And that was it. Was a definite penalty. And 
so uh, Pardew was saying, no, no, it was oh, like it was a penalty, but there's no way the linesman could have yeah, seen yeah. that it was a penalty. Yeah, that's his favorite line. <laughs> so I was saying, I was like, should we not then give the linesman a huge amount of credit, <laughs> considering we give them so much hassle that he actually saw this? He's like, but there's no way he could have seen it. I'm like, but he did see it because he gave the penalty. No, no, he gave the penalty because he thought something else had happened. There's no way he could have seen this. Wasn't happy that day, Pardew. Yeah, I, I remember the, the, the question but about Liverpool's um, general record at Selhurst Park is not great. Remember that night of the three all when they were three 0 up yeah, and they yeah. blew it. It's the sort of game Palace might get something out of. Palace, Palace are going to be one with, of those Palace teams. Palace with a goal start at the weekend. I think that'd be a good bet. Yeah, the weekend. I think Palace will pop up and beat a lot of decent teams this Palace season. Palace with a goal start. Very if it's a draw, what happens? If it's draw, you win. But if they lose by one, what happens? It's, yeah, you, you lose your bet. Yeah. Lose your bet. Okay. Yeah, so, so you're basically going. going yeah. You go, you go and Palace in the draw, basically. Yeah. yeah, that's what it is, really. So I think that's decent enough. Well, anyway. Liverpool to win for me. I think they're just ticking along nicely. Jay, what do you think? Eleven to eight on Liverpool. Yeah, Liverpool away from odds-on favourites away from home. Fastest way to the poorhouse. If I was betting at the weekend, I would I would leave this game. Yeah, out. I wouldn't be touching it's this. It's a game. tricky one. I think me. in the Premier League that if you back teams that are generally four or five to one at home, regardless of who they're mm. playing over the course of the season, you should finish up. Ben will be eager to prove a point. Possibly, possibly, yeah. And he's actually looking good at the moment as well. You know, I think they're getting crosses in for him. They're, they're putting balls into the area. I think he'll he'll, he'll cause problems for Liverpool defensively if they get crosses into him. Big Super Sunday then. We've already spoke about Monday. Big Super Sunday. Everton v West Ham. Southampton v Chelsea. Are West Ham reborn, fluky enough, or was that a complete one-off? And <sighs> they're a funny one, West Ham, aren't they? Just at the moment, that inconsistent spell they've got. They're not quite at it. So this is a huge game for Everton. Yeah, I fancy Everton. I they have to work so hard, West Ham, for the wins. I wouldn't think that last weekend was a, a corner turn. All this live and off the ball, of course. I, I think this say. is two draws. Yeah. Where were you the weekend? Sorry, I'm at Goddison and Bernard O'Toole is at St. Mary's. No, no Nathan Murphy this weekend. No, Nathan's taking, taking a day off. A well-earned day well-earned off. Well-earned day off. Thanks, yeah. Thanks. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I'm with uh, Stephen Ward and Alan McLaughlin is with Bernard. I think Everton will bounce back. Ronald Koeman I'd say has been sticking it into them for the last 10 days because yeah. they've just been terrible at they've just been not getting the results they were they were actually going so well I couldn't believe when they you look at the well table against Burnley in the by top account. four had a lot of chances against Burnley at the weekend Burnley what is it Burnley about uh, having no possession or chances yeah. of beating Merseyside teams at rolled home the look a little bit as well I don't know if you saw Scotty Arfield at the weekend as well Scotty Arfield shouldn't have been on the park should have been booked perhaps even twice after he'd originally been given a yellow card he got the winner stayed on he? the pitch he gets the winner it's <laughs> football isn't it you know it's the way it is uh, yeah Southampton Chelsea I actually fancy Everton in this one as well. Everton three to four on. Yeah, West Ham seven to two. The draws eleven to four. Well, I'd stick that in a treble. Watford, Everton, Stoke in a treble for me at the weekend. Yeah, I think Chelsea will beat Southampton. Yeah. Yeah. At, no, I don't. I I, I like Southampton. I like. I think that's a draw as well. I think they're they're going to struggle. They're, every team that plays them is going to struggle to beat them. I saw yeah. them at West Ham earlier in the season. Now, obviously, West Ham were muck, but Southampton were really good on the day. They were very good at the Emirates. Definitely should have taken something from that. Go to the Etihad, take a point for that. Probably should have won the game. There's no reason why they can't take something off Chelsea at home. That's yeah, a good game. I don't know. I was really, really impressed with Chelsea last Sunday. Just the new system, Madic and Kante midfield were yeah. class and will be a step above whatever Southampton have. In the middle of midfield, I think this is a real good chance for Chelsea. Don't yeah. underestimate. What about Stephen Davis? Chelsea are five to four. Stephen Davis, the most underappreciated player in the Premier League. Yeah, good player. Question mark. That's for, for next week. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll <laughs> wrap this one up again for another week. Then, thank you very much. Thanks, Nathan. Thanks to Dave. And thanks to Jay. We will be back next week, uh, same time. So there we go again. Yeah. Thanks very much. For, thanks Pretty for listening. Good. Cheers. Cheers, Cheers guys. guys. Thank you. Ready?